Welcome back to Breaking Free, the podcast where I open up about my journey as the daughter of a religious cult leader. Join me as I delve into the teachings, experiences, and life lessons from my childhood, exploring how I was influenced, controlled, and ultimately brainwashed for nearly three decades. Discover how I managed to break free from the grip of control, leading me to a life filled with joy, peace, and genuine love. I have been going back and forth on what should be the focus of episode three, because I jumped into this without a lot of planning. I know, big shocker. I knew that parts of this journey would be difficult. That is why I have quit before even starting in the past. My solution was to announce my podcast creation to the And it has worked because even in my weak moments this past week, I want to record and broadcast the next chapter in this crazy true story called My Life for me and for my lovely, smart daughter that is asking about my mommy and for you, my listener. It has been incredible receiving so much support and love and encouragement these past few weeks. I also love the ideas and creative twists that people have suggested to me for the show and the very important constructive criticisms. I totally get that to produce a good, solid sound and experience for the listeners, I need each type of feedback. So thank you. I know some of you were concerned that I had been threatened or asked to shut it down, but it hasn't happened yet. So let's get to it. Every Christian church teaches service to others. This is the foundation to Christianity, to serve others. Now, the man named Jesus in the Bible served his entire time on earth, according to the writings in the Bible. But it was not always in the place we would consider the church. It was often whoever he came across. It was all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds, and in need of all kinds of things. As a young girl, in my entire time at the church, service to others was ranked right under love of God, purity, and holiness. You love God and serve others. That is the Christian faith, the Christian life. However, in the church I was raised in, it went more like this. God and help others live and behave and look, and act as the teaching from the pulpit instructed. Yes, making meals and helping with small children and giving money when needed were all considered service to the church, but a major focus in my house was to make others better by helping them improve, change, or conform to the practical teaching from the pulpit. I never really had friends in the traditional sense because everyone in the church became a project. Some might say, well, isn't that just a preacher's kid thing? But it went far beyond that for me. I obeyed my parents and read my Bible and got baptized and tried to do exactly as I was instructed from the pulpit every Sunday and from my parents' teachings every day at home. Please know I was far from a perfect child. I talked too much and did stupid things for attention in the house with lots of siblings all fighting for attention, acceptance, and love. I disobeyed and was disciplined for all kinds of normal kid stuff. 
But I also tried my very best to obey and please my father, believing everyone looked to my father and mother and our family as the example of how to be, how to look, how to speak, how to act. I was witness to each member being examined and judged almost daily in our home. I was taught that this type of conversation and thought process was the duty of a pastor and a man of God. The scrutinizing of members was used as a parental tool to teach me what behaviors to emulate and what to avoid. For example, every Sunday after services, eat dinner, and when I would return home, I would be asked about each and every member of the youth. Who participated and who sat next to who and who likes who, and it would go on and on every Sunday night. This line of questioning and inquiry was a common occurrence throughout my entire upbringing. I would discuss who was and was not spiritual, and who was and was not good marriage material, as this is the most important thing. My father believed an early job, early marriage, and early baby grows a boy or girl up quickly and keeps them out of trouble and on the straight and narrow, attending church and following the rules. Matchmaking was what we called it, and it was a huge deal. So after any gathering of the youth, it was always discussed who might like each other, and I would share what I observed and what I thought based on interactions and conversations I had or saw take place between people. My dad even created something called Rate-A-Date, which was a scorecard that he completed for every unmarried man and woman. It was shared with my siblings and I, who was at the top and who was at the bottom, according to the pastor. We were even rated and could figure out where we ourselves landed on this list of who would make the best spouse in our father's mind. This type of judging and criticizing was common. I thought at the time that I was the blessed one to be raised where conversations were so open about what it was like to be married and what would make a good spouse. Some girl's appearance would be broken down along with her intelligence and love of God. How that was something that could be rated by someone else still baffles me. Traits like diligence and organizational skills were just a few of like 40 areas that would be rated. This type of activity of rating our friends and fellow church members was common and happened constantly. Okay, sorry about the write-a-date thing. You can tell that's close to my heart. Back to how service to others was to make them better people. I was always encouraged to go after other girls and talk to them and make them feel like we were friends. But honestly, looking back, it was more like I was a spy. After every play date or outing or sleepover, I was interrogated on their behavior, their character, and I too sat in judgment like I was really someone. It was not until the years leading up to my escape that it was clear to me that this entire thought process was total and absolute crap. Where did the inflated sense of self come from? I thought we were servants and meant to serve. I thought we are nothing and Christ is everything. Why in the world were we rating individuals off a man-made chart 
to choose who was most likely to make a great spouse. Um, it's called hypocrisy. It is called discrimination. It is gross, and I am ashamed I played a part in it for so long. What I was really taught about service to others should go something like this. Love God in the way you are told to from the pastor and love your neighbor by helping them be better and more like the pastor's ideals. It was at some point during my early teenage years that I hated how I was used and I felt the hypocrisy and started rebelling in small ways to prove to myself that I could be one way in front of my parents in church and another way when I was not around them and see if I was still considered the good girl and a good church member to prove to myself this entire concept of judging what you see on Sunday is total crap. I mean, we would spend hours and hours at church and I would watch as the rounds were made talking to everyone and then come home and just criticize and comment and judge everyone from the way they looked to how they acted and cast judgment on their spiritual life and probability of being successful in life and whether their marriage was good or if a couple was parenting well or doing a terrible job raising children. It was ludicrous looking back now. But back then, it was God's desired work for us. We were always so exhausted after Sundays because it was so much work trying to please my father. He would watch you to be sure you talked to everyone, whether you wanted to or not. You ended up feeling so superior it's like being at church was a job to help people rise to your level or something. You know, I never was able to see the hypocrisy until I stepped back from it all and considered for a moment what was really happening. I was being trained and indoctrinated to believe that I was serving Christ by using my superior place within the church to sit and judge other members for what I thought about them. And it was all done under the disguise of teaching us that our duty as true children of God is to help others. It created a total lack of trust in my mind and my, with my parents because I knew that they talked about me when I wasn't there, just like they talked about everyone else. As I got older, the girls and boys my age caught on to the double standard of saying that I was their friend, but really I was only their friend so they would open up to me and I could share their secrets, all in the name of serving them so they could be rebuked or admonished by their parents or pastor or be labeled privately as spiritual or carnal. It worked in reverse, too. Some, someone would be my friend only to be close to the pastor. I would not encounter a real relationship with an individual and forge a friendship that was based on mutual respect, trust, and love until I met my husband. I did not want to fix him, but instead I wanted to genuinely know him. And as you will learn, he fixed me by helping me break the chains of control off my mind and heart and let me be who I was without judgment or correction, or conditions for his love. Okay, that was a lot. 
and maybe difficult to follow because it's so bizarre to think that I was raised to judge everyone around me against the teachings and thoughts of my father's ideas on the world, and scripture was used to back it all up. I thought serving someone was being their friend, but then telling them how they might need to change something about themselves in order to get married or be liked, because of course, I had all the answers. That is all just one aspect of service to others that I was taught and expected to participate in. But there are several other service-related ideas that are held in the church. So in order to show evidence that you are a child of God, you need to first love God. After love of God, it is to serve others. However, a unique teaching in the church was that you only serve individuals in the church. You see, it was taught that if you do not attend the church, you are not considered worthy of their time or money unless you are directly in their path and even then you give the least necessary. For example, if a car runs off the road in front of you, it's okay to stop and see if they need help, but you would never, for example, go to a soup kitchen. For the homeless, because that would be you going out and seeking to help a non-believer. Plus, side note, in the Bible, it says to work, to eat, and if you do not work, you do not eat, so homeless people are not deserving. Sermons were always preached when terrible catastrophic events occurred to remind the congregation not to give to those types of things. For example, I remember when 9-11 happened, it was preached that it was judgment on America for not putting God first, and so it was justified. When Katrina hit, it was taught to the congregation that it was deserved because that part of the country was particularly ungodly. It was also said flippantly from the pulpit, going something like this. I mean, if you are stupid enough to live under sea level, it is just punishment for stupidity. Then scriptures would be read from Psalms like, Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, How terrible art thou in thy works! Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. We would use scriptures like this to justify people dying in tsunamis and hurricanes and earthquakes where they did not obey God. So if you want to show charity and give what you have to those in need, you do it in the church and you tell the pastor. You see, any gifts you give need to go through the pastor for approval because he would determine if the individual really deserved it. Like, what if the member had a private sin that he was working on with the pastor that caused him to be in need of support in the first place? Or what if several members wanted to give to the same member because of a hardship they were facing? That would be too much for the same member. So the pastor always liked knowing if any gifts or charity was being given to members so he could regulate it and distribute it as he saw fit. You see, the pastor is superior in the church and knows everything that is going on, both private and publicly. And it was expected that you share everything with the pastor. For example, he liked knowing how much money you're making, or if you're happy with your spouse, or if you were supplying a family with a meal so he could manage where everything ends up. 
This created a power structure and kept the members in subjection and controlled. Oh, man. Uh, I actually remember when a member gave some money to a family and my dad found out about it after the fact. Oh, boy, that was fireworks. I remember thinking how funny it was that a person could stand before the congregation and tell them he was the lowest servant of all the members and he was only there to serve them, but then demanded that he know everything going on and how he was the only person in the church that could make church judgments or even who deserved what when charity was given. I guess the scripture of charitable giving that it was to be done in private was a little misleading in the New Testament because it more accurately should have said something like, give in private, but make sure your pastor knows. Well, here are a few foundational teachings on what it meant to serve in the church. First, it was a twisted concept of always needing to make the other people better and rate the congregation so I could help them be better. Then if you want to give what you have to someone who needs it, it better be in the church only and the pastor better know about it. It has been extremely difficult to retrain my brain not to judge others and not to think of myself as superior because I was the pastor's daughter. And we knew what was best because, well, he was the wisest man on earth. I am so happy and proud that my children did not have to be exposed to that hypocrisy and have their subconscious trained to the point that it follows them for their entire life. We are not superior to anyone. We only have what we have due to circumstances completely out of our control. I am so incredibly thankful that I am out from that constant knowledge that I am being judged for every part of me from my weight to my hair length, to how modest my clothes are, to how happy my husband appears, or how, how well I've trained my children to fear me and obey me. I am so thankful I can live a life that is authentically me and actually give and receive real unconditional love. I am thankful for the ability to engage in constructive self-reflection and know that it is okay to forgive myself for all these years that I sat in judgment on others. Instead of looking at the world through the lenses of judgment on anyone different than me, it has been life-changing and eye-opening to meet people that believe differently than me and have different backgrounds and genuinely enjoy learning from them. Although they believe that anyone outside the church are reprobates and children of the devil with the ultimate destination of hell, it was taught to be cordial and get along with the world for professional success and academic needs. We are to be kind to those we encounter in the world as members of the church. However, along with this, it was always preached to be aware and very cautious not to let the world into your life. I remember years of meeting people at nursing school and through work and enjoying their friendships, but then having to eventually back away and cut them off from me because I needed to stay pure. When I would step out and go to dinner with friends outside the church or enjoy conversations with them, there was always a huge amount of guilt 
that I was playing with darkness and sin and would ultimately be found out by my family or church that I was sinning by doing things outside the church. My entire life, I was surrounded by people that believed like me, looked like me, and acted like we were instructed to. And if any of us stepped outside of that, you would be cast out and excluded. It was a very lonely place to not have any genuine relationships. Everything was conditional and often fake to please my father so we got along with everyone and could be counted on to help and correct members as needed and be seen as holy children of God. But now, but now I am free. I am free with my loving husband and beautiful children. We are free to explore the world and meet people and learn things. We are free to create meaningful relationships. And the best part, we can lend a hand to whoever without reporting it or being reprimanded for it not being in a specific group of people. I hope this episode helps someone see the insanity of a controlled system of giving and the hypocrisy that can be present when you think of yourself as superior to someone else due to your position in a church or organization. Okay, that's all for today.